in to another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. I'm your host, DP Sidhu. It's a big week. The Texans coming off their first win, looking to make it two straight against their second straight AFC South opponent. They'll be facing the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. So here we go. It's week two under interim head coach Romeo Cornell. And I had a chance to catch up with Whitney Merciless, who has known Romeo Cornell since he arrived here in 2014. Cornell, that is, not Whitney. Whitney's been here since 2012. And we, we talk about how different the team looks under Romeo Cornell, what he's learned from Coach Cornell, and, and also how this defense looks different. There's been some injuries. There's been some changes since the start of the season, since Whitney's even been here. And we'll get into all that with uh, number 59. Also, I had a chance to catch up with Jim Wyatt. We talked about the Tennessee Titans. I mean, could you believe the win they had on Tuesday night? That is not what I expected. And Jim says that's not really what they were expecting, especially off of the 16 days they had leading up to it. We'll talk about what life was like in Nashville then, what life is like in Nashville now, and how do they hope to make things safer moving forward. Also, what to expect from a very red-hot Titans team. But first, you can experience reliably fast Wi-Fi speeds and more in a snap with Xfinity XFi. You get the speed, coverage, control, and security you need for the ultimate in-home Wi-Fi experience. This internet is more than just fast. It's Xfinity. Proud partner of the Houston Texans. Proud partner of the Deep Slant podcast. So let's get right into it. I have talked to Whitney Merciless a number of times over the years, but I was really excited to sit down with him and chat about how different this defense is looking now. They've got things back on track. Whitney himself back-to-back games with a sack, and it looks like things are moving in the right direction. So how is it different? How, what, is, what does he expect for the rest of the year? We got into all of it with Whitney Morsels right here on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Always a pleasure chatting with Big Wit. And uh, how's it going this week, Whitney? I know there's so much has changed since the start of, of 2020, but how about you personally? How, how are you heading into week six? Yeah, uh, feeling good, actually. You know, especially coming off that win, uh, no question. But Always got my head down in the dirt, pretty much just uh, yeah, coming in with my hard hat and just making sure we get another win, uh, focusing on the uh, Tennessee Titans this week. So uh, just getting the body right, just recovering, and uh, just making sure uh, being locked in on the plays and all that that they like to do. Well, you're off to a hot start. you got three sacks on the season. You lead the team in sacks right now. I know a few years ago, Romeo Cornell said he wanted to get you back to that 2015 season where you were double digits in sacks. And... I mean, not to jinx things, but you're kind of on track for that right now. So uh, what's been yeah. the difference for you in these last few weeks where you've really gotten to pressure the passer? Um, just uh, just really just um, – I, I would say getting bad – well, just being comfortable in my body. You know, the first couple games and whatnot, especially not having preseason and all that. Uh, instincts coming back as far as what teams like to do on plays and understanding where the plays uh, might lead to, uh, you know, for me to go get the ball or get the quarterback or uh, anything like that. So um, that's really that's really what it is. And just for me, I, I'm I'm just patient. Uh, I played a long time in this league now, and just that the sacks was come. That you know, those pressures and all that they'll come eventually. That year I got uh, uh, 12 sacks. Um, literally, I didn't have a sack for five games. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember that completely. So it's just be just being patient. Well, you've been here the whole time Romeo Cornell's been here. He's served so many different roles. He's been defensive coordinator. He's been associate head coach. He's been assistant head coach with emphasis on defense. And, and now he's serving as interim head coach. So how is he different from how he was when he was defensive coordinator? I know you know Rack so well. 
Uh, what's his vibe like? All the guys have been talking about it, but is there any difference from when he was running defense compared to when he's running the whole team? I don't think there's really much of a difference. The only difference is now he's overseeing the offense as well, too. Um, so he's not really too, too heavily focused on defense, even though he's a defensive coach. But, uh, you know, he comes in every day with the same juice and everything and gets us all pumped up for practice. He runs his uh, nice little 15 plays that we always watch as a defense. Now we do it as an uh, entire squad, uh, squad team. So pretty much it, it's pretty much the same rack. You know, Deshaun Watson said that Rack is really funny in the team meetings. And he goes, and I don't know if he's trying to be funny, but he just is funny. But I feel like you would be a guy to ask this question to. What makes him so funny in those team oh, meetings? Oh, man. Uh, so Rack, he's hilarious. He is definitely hilarious. Sometimes he say things that you, I don't even think he knows that what he's saying. It's just football terminology. That's it, literally. And then, you know, of course, in a room full of guys you know we, we, we're always going to take it the wrong way or whatever so, um and then pretty much he'll call out guys like you know what day is today and you know it'll be like one guy like a guy on offense really hasn't been right so he doesn't know exactly what he means and on defense we actually get kind of confused as well too so it's always a fun it's it's funny when you're there how did he change you as a player when he took over on defense how did you how do you feel like you got better what did you really learn from him as a defensive coordinator uh, I, I learned a lot as far as not only defensive concepts um, and understanding like leverage, force of run forces, uh, understanding where everybody fits in gaps, but also offensive schemes as well too, especially uh, when Vrabel was, uh, was in the building uh, at one point too. And so I, I've learned a tremendous deal between Rack, Braves, um, there, during that whole tenure and all that. So it, it really elevated my game to be able to play faster and continue to sustain a long career as well. Cal McNair said that he really wanted to see the band get back together again, the Rock Boys. I mean, that had to have felt good. You guys came out with quite a few celebrations <laughs> in that win, but what about the chemistry that you guys have had? I know it's been a slow start to 2020, but does it feel like it's headed in the right direction? Oh, for sure, definitely. Guys are uh, yeah, much closer. I mean, it showed, especially on Sunday, guys just going out there, flying around, having fun and just celebrating with each other, congratulating each other over making plays. And uh, one of the bright spots was uh, uh, T.A., Terrell Adams. And so it was so exciting for everybody, for him to go in there. When he showed it at practice, but to do it live on, on Sunday was super, super electrifying, and everybody was super, super happy. I know it's hard to see Bernardrick McKinney go down. I mean, he hasn't missed very many games. I think he, that was Sunday was his fifth game that he's missed in his entire six years here. So mm -hmm. with that being said, he goes down. But I feel like Terrell Adams, there are a lot of you guys as the linebackers group, you guys would always joke around with him. He was a fun guy for you guys when we were allowed in the locker room. But, you know, what is yeah. he like off the field? What's he like on the field? So on the field, uh, it's same guy off the field. He loves to joke around, uh, you know, talk crap, all that. You know, just be a guy. Yeah, he's a guy's guy for sure. And uh, off the field, a great guy, man. He loves to be out in the community. Uh, do whatever you can, uh, service-wise uh, service for other people as well, too. And uh, hey, he's a God-fearing man as well, too. So um, he's awesome. All right. So you guys are playing the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, you've been watching the news and what's been going on with them with uh, all their positive COVID cases. And, and here you are headed there on Sunday. But what's it been like this season in 2020, just playing with COVID? I know we've talked in the offseason about just all the precautions that you guys have to take. But now that the season is rolling, What's it been like for you? Where do you think you've had to make the biggest sacrifices? I know you're really close to family. You've got family in town. What's yeah. all of that been like for you? Yeah, um, 
It's been difficult. I mean, you can't really. So one of the key issues is, of course, being close with family and stuff like that, as everybody else in the locker room has. Um, some families, some guys' families are in different states and, uh, you know, have decided not to travel as well, too, because they're in COVID hotspots, stuff like that. So it's difficult on that end. I have family here, so not a lot of – I don't want to be around them too much, especially my sister having a baby as well, too. And, uh, you know, coming from the locker room, you just never know, as a lot of COVID-positive tests have been flaring up across, across the league. So, you know, it's mentally straining in that capacity. But then also we go to the locker room. It's hard to have camaraderie outside of the facility because we're banned from, you know, we, we love to do our position dinners and stuff like that. Can't really do those. They're advising us not to go over each other's houses and stuff like that to continue and maintain distancing and stuff like that. So it's it's really tough. I mean, we're handling it pretty well as a team. Um, and we're just adjusting as far as what, COVID has forced us to adapt to. Um, so we just got to continue on and just uh, stay strong mentally in that, in that aspect. All right. So on Sunday, you head to Nashville where last year, which seems like a million years ago, and it was a regular season with regular games and a regular locker room, you had a really big play. And I often talk about uh, this being what I think was one of the, the biggest in, in-season plays of the year, your 86-yard return um, yep. Just as the Titans were at first and goal. And I know you get a lot of flack for not scoring a touchdown um, on that play. And you've never scored a touchdown on defense. I actually had to look that up because I feel like you've come close a lot of times. But looking back on that game and, and you know, coming off such a big win when the Titans were red hot this time last year, too. What do you, you know, what do you hope that you can mm-hmm. go out and do on Sunday as you face another red hot? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been close a few times, you know, so close yet. So far. So, it's so annoying, but we're going <laughs> to blame Zach on that play. Cause he didn't get my block, but <laughs> come Sunday, I just hope to be as disruptive as can be um, in the same fashion, whether it's a forced fumble or just live in the backfield all day, uh, shutting down the run. Cause that's going to be a big thing, especially with uh, Henry running that rock. He's a big dude. Once you let him get rolling, it's tough to stop him. Um, and then uh, we got to take care of Tannehill as well, too. You know, he's throwing some dimes out there. And also he can hurt us by just running the football as well, too. He's a pretty quick dude. So we've got to be able to get up inside the pocket, get in his face, get him off the spot, help our DBs down the stretch. And we've got to be able to be stout up front as well, too. So just, yeah, just want to be disruptive. That's it. Yeah, if you hadn't, hadn't recovered that fumble, like, right at the five-yard line, if it was just further down the field, it would have been a touchdown. You would have oh, run 86 right. yards. Oh, completely, completely. <laughs> well, now, Malays did tap out about the 45 and 50. I mean, who wouldn't run out of steam? You were going full speed for 86 yards. You yeah. ever go back? Do you ever go back to stadiums where you had big plays? And do players do this where you, you remember like a spot of a play that really stood out to you? Or the last time I was here, I made this play? Or does that only oh, yeah. happen at the college level? There's definitely, there's definitely um, players that, uh, you know, they, they think about it all the time. Like, once they end up back in the stadium or something like that, it's like, man, I had a few good, you know, good plays here, you know, happened down on a two-yard line or five-yard line or whatever, and it can recreate the whole entire scenario in their head and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely. We, we remember it all the time. <laughs> well, you've played some really good quarterbacks already this year, obviously, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. And when you look at the Texan schedule, I mean, you've got a pretty hefty list of quarterbacks coming up. Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers, Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, even a rookie like Joe Burrow. Some yep. exciting quarterbacks. So uh, who is the one that, you know, 
you think is the toughest that you faced in your career or one that maybe you haven't faced that you're really looking forward to facing? What, is there anybody that really jumps out to you on this, on this list of quarterbacks? I know every game is kind of the same. You got to go out and win it, but just from oh, a yeah. personal standpoint. Aaron Rodgers is always tough. Um, I've gotten to him the last time we played, but uh, he, he's definitely tough because I mean, he picks you apart through the air. It's just so annoying. And also he's pretty quick. He's pretty quick as well too, deceivingly. Another one is Cam Newton. He's a big, a big guy, hard to bring down. Have not gotten him at all. So, and I'm, a, I'm looking forward to uh, going against the rookie as well too, just to see what he's got over in Cincy. He's, uh, he's coming along. He's coming along, and also Baker Mayfield as well too. So, it, it'll be interesting. So, looking forward to those uh, matchups. Yeah, some really good matchups coming up this year. All right. Well, you're very active with your foundation with Mercy. Tell me what you've got going on. Yeah. Uh, so this month of October on the 26th, got a uh, virtual cooking class going on. Um, I was thrown down in the kitchen in the off season. You were. So it developed into a whole thing because I got called out because of my grilled cheese sandwich one time. <laughs> and uh, everybody said I couldn't cook. So then after that, I went to things, started cooking things that people can't even pronounce. So I was like, all right. So then... That traction that uh, led to another thing to where now it is this cooking, virtual cooking event with uh, two special chefs, Chef Elliot um, of Cafe Annie and then Chef uh, Salas of Bull Dorn, uh, pastry chef as well too. So there'll be an entree uh, made that everybody will make and also a dessert as well too. So uh, all the tickets can be found on withmercy.org and on it, you can follow everything through with um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that, all social platforms. Always for a good cause, helping families and, and kids with special needs get the medical equipment that they need. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. And all 100% of the proceeds that what Mercy receives goes straight out to those kids. Well, it's great to hear. I missed your grilled cheese sandwich cooking lesson, but I did see all the ones in the summer, and I thought you were a really good chef. I was really impressed. So <laughs> I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Like, all right. I'm rooting for you. Well tell everybody that. <laughs> That's right. Because my word obviously is super important around here. Uh, best of luck with the cooking. Best of luck with the foundation. I'm rooting for you to score that first touchdown. I feel like you're really, you're really close. And I want to see more walk away celebration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. yards, a little bit less, just shorter. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. Good stuff. Whitney Merciless on the Deep Slant 101 presented by Xfinity. And you know what? I'm going to double down on Whitney because I'm on Extra Points this week with Drew Doherty. Extra Points airs Saturday nights at 1030 on ABC 13, uh, followed by Texans 360, which I host at 11 p.m. So shameless plug there. But we talked about our players to watch in week six against the Titans. And I picked Whitney Merciless because of that 86-yard uh, fumble re- return, uh, not quite a touchdown. And and you know what? He is right. Zach Cunningham, uh, there was a block that he missed. Cunningham was asked about it this week, and he fessed up. He said, yeah, I, sh- I didn't see the guy until it was too late. He was already past me. Um, otherwise, I would have blocked the guy, and, and Whitney would have had a clear path to score a touchdown. So I feel like Witt is very close. Cannot believe he's not had a touchdown in his previous um, nine seasons. This is his ninth season, um, including this season. So I feel like he's close, and I picked him as my player to watch. So something to look forward to in Sunday's game. All right, what else to look forward to? A lot, because it's a tough Titans team with a red-hot t- Brian Tannehill, a defense that leads the league in turnovers, and Derrick Henry. And we all know what Derrick Henry can do with the Texans trying to stop the run every single week. It seems like the challenges just keep coming this week is no different. So we talked about what this Titans team is like, what they've been through in the era of COVID because it's been a lot and how they bounced back for that Tuesday win and uh, how do they look at the Texans heading into week six? Here he is, Jim Wyatt on the Deep Slant Podcast. 
presented by Xfinity. Jim White, he's a senior writer and editor for TennesseeTitans.com. Jim, I, I know it's been just a crazy few weeks for you, uh, but coming off that big win that Tennessee had against Buffalo, how what's the mood of the team? How are you feeling? I know it's just been a very uncertain time there in Nashville. EP, thanks for having me on. It, it has been crazy. I mean, you go 16 days in the middle of a season without playing. The Titans had two games rescheduled. Obviously, the game against Buffalo was moved from Sunday to Tuesday, but had the bye week reshuffled. Team didn't get to practice a lot during that stretch. They had kind of one full practice leading up to the Bills game. And guys were doing things on Zoom and really working out on their own. I don't want to say there was a defeated feeling in town because I think people kind of kept with this team, but there weren't, you know, stayed with this team, even though there was a lot of chatter going on nationally about the Titans and their handling of the COVID. I think a lot of people were almost willing to concede a loss uh, to Buffalo uh, in the fan base. I don't think anybody expected to see what happened on Tuesday night when the Titans played, you know, their best football game of the year, went 42 to 16 without five guys who were on the COVID list, a couple other guys who weren't available because of that. They called up four guys from the practice squad, didn't really have much time to work and played a great game. So uh, it's kind of uh, re-energized the city once again. And, uh, and now the Titans have the challenge of getting ready for the Texans on a short week. Yeah, it certainly is a short week. And it seemed like the rest did them good. Although the uncertainty, it was such a surprise. They didn't come out looking sluggish or defeated at all. What, how did you sense the energy level was with the team heading into Tuesday night's game? I, I imagine it can't be easy to have your games scheduled and then rescheduled and your practices called off again and again. But, you know, what was sort of the energy level of the coaches and the players surrounding the team heading into Tuesday? Well, guys were chomping at the bit to play. I mean, they were obviously frustrated by the whole situation and, and not being able to be together and, and just – waking up every morning learning about more positive tests and learning of teammates who are not going to be available to, available to play. You know, there was, you know, this team was, has been criticized by a lot of outsiders just because of, you know, the Titans were the team, you know, that kind of had the spread in the NFL and, and a lot of players kind of felt the brunt of that. I mean, people were saying the Titans should have to forfeit games and should be, uh, getting big penalties from the league because of this. I think a lot of guys have really kind of taken offense to some of that and felt like, hey, we're playing in, a, in the middle of a pandemic. I think everyone kind of expected, you know, there to be some trouble as you navigate through this. We've seen a lot of games moved already. And I, I really feel like the Titans players feel like they did, they've done everything they could possibly do. And, and they were still kind of getting beat up by some people. So they, they kind of let out their emotions on the football field and kind of rallied together and were pretty crisp. I mean, they, uh, I think they benefit from having so many players return on the offensive side of the ball. They benefit from kind of having a veteran team. And uh, I think that was able to offset the fact they just weren't around one another very much over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, very dominant win for the Titans team against a, an undefeated Buffalo team that was really good heading into Tuesday night's game. Let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. He threw three touchdowns, uh, rushed for a touchdown. How much has he improved in this system from last year to this year now that he is the, the starting quarterback? Or, or how much has the system adjusted to him being the starting quarterback? Well, he's really kind of picked up where he left off last season. You know, you know, the Titans gave him the contract extension this offseason. 
It came before Derrick Henry got his contract. A lot of people thought, you know, what are you doing paying Brian Tannehill? Uh, you should have been paying Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry eventually got his money. But there was a point at, at the early part of the 2020 offseason where, you know, I think a lot of people suspected that the Titans were interested in Tom Brady and that he might end up being the quarterback here. Uh, I think that was more a, a factor of the rumor mill that was stirring. And, and, and Ryan Tannehill was really always kind of this team's guy. And, uh, and now that he's back in the saddle, I mean, he's, he's taking ownership of this team. Uh, he has familiar faces around him on the offensive side of the ball up front, the offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. And um, he's been exceptional. I mean, he's been great in the red zone. He's been accurate. He's, he's, he's shown some guts when he's taken off and, and run with the football. And uh, I, I just think he's finally at a place where he's really comfortable and has a team that really believes in him. And uh, you know, if he keeps playing like this, I mean, he's going to be, you know, in, in play for some awards other than the Comeback Player of the Year award he won last year. I and mean, he's going to be awards for players who have been able to sustain it. But he's got to sustain it because we're only four games in and, uh, and certainly have 12 more regular season games to go. Yeah, only four games in, but Derrick Henry, he already doubled his touchdown production with a two-touchdown night the other night against the Bills. According to Next Gen Stats presented by AWS, uh, Derrick Henry is fast. He ranks second in the NFL with 25 carries that are 15 miles per hour or faster, and that's with one less game. So he's second to just uh, Kyler Murray, who has 25. So how much does – Tannehill's success um, have to be credited to the, to the fact that Derrick Henry brings the speed and power to the game. I think they really do go hand in hand. I, I think Derrick Henry benefits from having a guy like Ryan Tannehill being be able to throw the ball down the field. And there's no question that Ryan Tannehill benefits from having a guy like Derrick Henry that's getting a lot of attention from defenses. Derrick Henry is a he was a phenomenal athlete. You know, he's fast, as you mentioned. He's also really strong. Uh, you know, he's a, he, he's, he works as hard as anybody that I've been around. Reminds me a lot of Eddie George from, uh, from when he was here uh, during his playing days. I'm sure you've seen the stiff arm of Josh Norman on, uh, on Tuesday night that kind of generated a lot of Twitter memes. And, and that's, what kind of, that's part mm -hmm. of the game. I mean, he's got the speed, he's got the strength, he's got the stiff arm, and he's got the durability. And, and the Titans are going to continue to ride him, you know, throughout the course of the season. And, um, and he's got it going good right now. Well, this offseason, you and I talked about the tight end position because now there's no Delaney Walker and we were wondering what was going to happen with the tight end position. And I'm so intrigued by Jonu Smith. He's got five touchdown receptions in just four games. That's more than his previous 20 games combined. So how is he different this year? What's been sort of the key to, to Jonu Smith's success? I think for him, it's really been all about opportunity. And I heard Romeo Cornell talk about uh, Jonu this week and just how he always seems to have a knack for making a big play against the Texans. You know, Jonu has been overlooked. I mean, even in years when Delaney Walker didn't finish the season, it was really always Delaney's team at the start. And, and John knew always found himself answering questions about replacing Delaney Walker. And he knew going into the season that he was tied in number one. You know, he said it himself and he said he was ready to take on that workload and take on that responsibility. And, uh, you know, he's been a very dependable target 
for Ryan Tannehill in the middle of the field, but he's also been very big in the red zone. And, uh, you know, for him to have five touchdowns through four games just kind of shows you the comfort level that this offense has in him. He doesn't maybe get as many balls as Delaney Walker did when he was at the height of his career. And, then re and really the reason for that is because the team has other, so many other options uh, that they didn't really have when Delaney Walker was on the team. You know, A.J. Brown is back. Really good player. Corey Davis is off to a good start. Adam Humphreys, you know, like Corey Davis, who was on the COVID list and missed this game against Buffalo. Those guys are really a big, fa big factors at the start of the season. So they've got more guys to spread the ball around to. But Janu gives them a dependable target and a guy who can uh, get an end zone. On the Titans defense, let's switch gears and talk about them because they are ranked first in the league in turnover differential, an impressive plus eight on the season. And uh, they did some work on Tuesday night against the Bills, getting a lot of big takeaways, especially early on with Malcolm Butler's interception. So what's been the key to the Titans with all the takeaways? They've also not turned the ball over, but it seems like the defense is on pace to have a record-breaking season when it comes to takeaways, does it not? It does, and that's been big because they, they do have some areas on defense they need to clean up. You know, while they're first in the league in takeaways, they're last in the league in third down defense, and uh, and they're not doing a very good job at getting to the quarterback. And, you know, they're going to have to get better in both of those areas if they're going to be able to sustain their success. I mean, yes, turnovers are nice, but uh, you just can't count on those week in and week out. So the Titans need to clean up, you know, what they're doing on third down. Uh, they need to clean up, you know, or, or at least to be more productive getting to the quarterback. Some of that is because they've got some guys that are really still trying to find their way, still trying to get in good condition. Jadavian Clowney, you know, a guy Texans fans are familiar with, is one of those players. He's been around the quarterback. He just hasn't gotten him down. Harold Landry's had a has flashed a little bit more. Big Beasley still trying to find his way after playing uh, his entire career with the Falcons before arriving here. They've got some guys that are that I think will eventually get there, but they're not there yet. And if, if they can kind of get over that hump, then I think this Titans defense has a chance to, to make a big jump. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Jadevian Clowney because a lot of the coaches and players have been asked about him. Deshaun Watson was asked about him because we certainly know what he brings physically um, to the game with his size and his speed. But you know, how has he fit in so far with the Titans defense? I know he, he signed with the team very late in camp and, uh, you know, you guys have not really had a lot of practice time together, but so far, how has he looked? And, and how about our good friend, Jonathan Joseph, who is still starting in the league? I call it act three of his career because he was first with Cincinnati, spent a decade with the Texans and I would have liked him to retire a Texan, but now he's a Titan. Yes. And he married a girl from Nashville uh, who went to school at Tennessee state here. So he kind of feels at home, I think, in Tennessee a little bit, even though obviously he has, he has those strong ties to Houston. Uh, I, I think Jadavian, you know, he came in here the week before the season started. You know, there's being in shape and then there's being in football shape. And I think he had to work himself into better football shape at the start of the season. Unfortunately, like all these guys, you know, again, you, you lose two weeks because of the because of everything related to COVID. And he kind of was he was starting over, but, uh, you know, he's got to get his win back again and he's got to get comfortable playing again. So he's still a work in progress. Obviously, this guy's been in the league for a while. He's had some success. He knows what to do. Uh, but I get the sense we're just kind of on the, uh, on the tip of what he's capable of doing. He's fit in well. The guys love him. 
he's a he's a fun guy to watch in the practice field. I was even impressed myself just kind of what a what a lighthearted way he has about him. He just was one of the guys immediately, and I think everybody realizes and he's going to get better in time. Uh, you know, Joseph, he's been asked to do more than probably he even expected to do because of Dory Jackson hasn't played this season and Christian Fulton, the team's second round pick. You know, he hasn't, you know, he, he's been on the COVID list. He's missed some time as well. So they've leaned on Jonathan Joseph and leaned on a lot of guys to step up. And and um, in, in time, I think all those guys will settle in and, and play even better. All right. Well, as the Texans prepare to head to Nashville for Sunday's game, what about the Titans? Are they, are there extra protocols or extra measures in place? Uh, you know, what are they doing to ensure that what happened in the last few weeks doesn't happen again? Is it, what can you tell us about that? Well, I think everything is enhanced and, and certainly there is a lot more uh, awareness uh, of needing to follow all the protocols and be extra safe. I, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, this team wasn't doing that to begin with, but I think when you have had the outbreak that the Titans had and had so many cases, and you've had the league and the NFLPA watching you and, and, and investigating you, then I think obviously you're wearing masks all the time and you're social distancing all the time and you're trying to do everything you possibly can to have something like this happen again. And, uh, I, I know players, you know, and this is not just the Titans, but across the league. This this whole thing is a strain on guys. I mean, they got to get tested every day. You know, they've tried to they've got to go about having business and, and communicate and get on the same page at times when they're doing so in Zoom meetings and doing so, you know, isolated from one another. They're doing so at a distance, and uh, so everything's an adjustment. But I think with the Titans moving forward, I think you just got to be extra careful to continue to try to keep from letting something like what happened over the last couple of weeks happen again. All right. Good stuff. Jim, what stories are you working on? I know it's a short week for you. You got to hurry up and turn on, get ready for this Sunday game. But uh, what are some of the big storylines coming out of Nashville? Yeah, it is a short week. It's crazy. You know, you, you wrap up one game and then you, you, you look up and there's another one coming down the pike. So Titans are back on the practice field on Thursday. Uh, I think our availability, you know, it's going to be different this week. I expect to have Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, those guys who usually are staggered during the week. They they will. I'm expecting them to speak here at the latter part of the week. So we'll touch base with those guys. It's going to be interesting to see if the Titans have some more guys back off of the COVID list. That that's kind of a process. And if a guy is off of the COVID list, does that mean he's going to be active and able to play? There's several stages you have to go through to get your body right, even when you're cleared from a uh, from a infection standpoint so that's something to keep an eye on moving ahead and you know for the titans this is a, this is a big game I, I know the texans a team that's had so much success winning this afc south has been a, a really a thorn in the side for the titans for years titans haven't won a division since 2008 so anybody that thinks the titans might be uh, in, in a trap game coming off of a big win against buffalo with the steelers you know, on the horizon, I think all Mike Babel has to do is say, hey, this is a team that's really kind of owned you and owned this division over the years. This is your chance to kind of put another step above them in the standing. So I, I expect the Titans to try to hurry up and get ready to play well on Sunday. It should be a good matchup. Jim, great sitting down and chatting with you. And uh, let's do it again a little bit later on this season. Sounds good. Hope you have a good week. Thank you.
two very, very meaty and long interviews for this Deep Slant podcast. There was a lot to get into. Um, looking forward to catching up with Jim later on in the season. Hopefully the tide is turned for the Texans and they can stack a few more wins together. So a little bit uh, a little bit weird facing the Titans early on this season. Last year we didn't face them until the end, and it was after just a few weeks, back-to-back weeks in December. So kind of good to get them out of the way early, and then you know we'll face them, of course, later on in the season if the schedule stays as it was planned. So that's going to do it for our Deep Slant podcast. The Texans are away this Sunday, but we will still have you covered in the pregame coverage. Texans Unlimited, presented by Verizon, will come to you live, uh, usually around 11, 11.05 a.m. So be sure to download the Texans mobile app presented by Kroger. Update your notifications so you know they were live. Also, Hey, we're on Facebook. Just go like the Houston Texans page. You'll get a notification there. Also, we'll be on YouTube. You can't miss it. Uh, Drew and I will preview the day's top stories. Who's active? Who's inactive? The Titans have a lot of players on that COVID list. Are they all coming back? Are some of them coming back? Also, Jordan Akins. He's a game-time decision. We'll get into all those top stories, and uh, we'll show you the players warming up live on the field in Nashville. That's all on Sunday right before the game. And, of course, the the mobile app, you know, if you have it, you can catch up with all the stories that we'll be writing and covering the press conferences, the reactions, everything during and after Sunday's game. So always good to have the Texans mobile app. And uh, always good chatting with you on the Deep Slant podcast presented by Xfinity. That's going to do it for this week's podcast. So stay safe. Check out HoustonTexans.com for all the top stories and maybe, you know, even the video version. Not maybe, but certainly the video version of these interviews. Stay safe out there, and as always, go Texans.